Hello there, my fellow Sith brothers and sisters, pure bloods, cultists, rebel scum on the run, but most importantly, you, my fellow Star Wars fans. I hope everybody's hanging in there. I've had to kind of switch up the format here a couple times, and then I realized with episode three of Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out so soon after episodes one and two. I was just going to go ahead and record with one and two first impressions and episode three first impressions in the same episode just because I haven't gone back into um, fine tooth comb episodes one and two yet. I'm kind of reserving my full final judgment until I see how it plays out in episode three which comes out tomorrow morning. So to kind of start off with uh, what's new, you know, I like to always start off with toy stuff, tattoo information, anything cool going on. So unless you've been living under a rock, you may or may not have noticed that Star Wars Celebration was in Anaheim this past weekend. It was all over Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I did have a few friends that were actually there. Uh, I did want to send special props out to one of my friends who went and got me a t-shirt while he was there, Jedi Master Alex on Instagram. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so, so much. I'm sure, I hope and pray the lines weren't too bad, uh, but so much stuff dropped this weekend in terms of toys, uh, project news, and everything else. So I kind of wanted to touch on some of that. I did not actually purchase anything other than having a friend who went to Celebration get me a shirt while he was there. So a lot of Black Series toy news, and I saw where... They were releasing Reva's lightsaber, but unfortunately, with a $500 price tag, it doesn't oscillate, so that was a little disappointing. Um, I did see, in terms of projects and trailers, uh, they talked about Mando Season 3, Book of Boba Fett Season 2, Bad Batch Season 2, uh, Andor, which comes out the end of August. I think that's the next thing we'll catch. Uh, I believe they did uh, talk about uh, the Ahsoka project with the female they casted as Sabine, who's going to be in there. Uh, and I believe Chopper is going to make a cameo. So I did see that. Um, I did want to touch on one thing that was kind of a little disappointing. And that is the info in the news that came out surrounding the Tales of the Jedi project, which apparently is going to be a prequels, uh, prequel Clone Wars era series uh, about different Jedi in the Clone Wars era. So my main issue, and I kind of was very, out of all the things that dropped, this was the one thing that really plucked a nerve for me because Tales of the Jedi, we reviewed the series on the podcast here. It is based 
uh, early 90s uh, Old Republic comic series by Tom Vitich and Kevin Anderson. Phenomenal seven-part series. You meet XR Coon, Nomi Sunrider, um, Ulik Keldroma, and uh, Naga Sadao, Freedon Nad. It's such a phenomenal series. And when they announced that this series was going to be in production, I think a lot of people thought the same thing that I did, that it was going to be based off of. And it makes sense. The comics with the same name. However, they apparently showed the first episode of this, and it touches on, I guess, Ahsoka's mom is from what I heard. So... It actually enraged me a little bit because there is a huge Old Republic following. And to not give that series to the Old Republic, it you know, that for me, you know, I really kind of was throwing out questions because do we really need more prequel Clone Wars material? And so, you know, I was a little upset about that. Um trying to think what else I don't have any updates on tattoos in terms of comic-con scheduling so I believe I was already upfront about it um, I'm not going to DC this weekend because ultimately I would be mainly going to meet Anthony Daniels and with the awesome con tickets never going on sale and the fees on top of that and then anthony having two separate lines for photos and autographs his photo ops are going to have plexiglass that's just that's that's asking for a lot because he was mainly the driving force between me wanting to even fight nova traffic to begin with and also with the rising cost of gas, it's just, it, it's just, I need a little bit more than him to, I mean, that's at least a two and a half hour drive for me. And that's barring no traffic, not to mention the fact, just the sheer amount of money just to get that. Yes, I would have also liked to have met Timothy Zahn, who's going to be there, but it's, it, it's just, it's asking for a lot. And I know I went back and forth because I know Anthony's not getting any younger, but I like C-3PO, but I'm not a diehard to where I'm willing to justify spending that amount of money just to get his picture with my C-3PO tattoo. So I've already made my peace with that. That's in a couple days. However, I am eyeballing the end of July. GalaxyCon, which I went to in Richmond, is holding a GalaxyCon in Raleigh, North Carolina, the last weekend of July. They are going to have Katie Sackoff there, who is Bo-Katan. Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka, who was also really big in Celebration this past weekend. I would love to meet her again. That was incredibly awesome. I do also like the additions of Matt Latner, who's the voice of Anakin Skywalker, and James Arnold Taylor, who is the voice of Obi-Wan. 
and I know they're doing, um, I've just got to kind of iron out and see who's doing what at the table and who's not, but I do like that they offer a trio photo op for 220, which is really not that bad because I know Ashley on her own is 80, I believe, 80 to 100. And Matt and James, I think, are 60 to 80 also. So I think that would be a really neat photo to get with the three of them. And plus, Ashley, the photo op, even though you're in and out of there so fast, Ashley was incredibly personal in the small amount of time that you had. So I could justify that. And it's also two and a half hours from here just going in the opposite direction. So you have that. And then also... I'm kind of eyeballing to see uh, Rupert Friend, who is our Grand Inquisitor in the new Obi-Wan series. He is going to be there. However, the only thing that concerns me just a tad is considering Obi-Wan ends in a, less than a month. If his lines would be a little longer because the series hadn't been over, that everything's going to be still fresh. They did announce him for galaxy con in richmond next year so if i don't go to galaxy con this year then i'm perfectly cool with catching him in richmond next year and that way you've got a little bit of time to process and i really want to see where the series goes so that's kind of where i'm at with the comic cons right now other than that everything's smooth sailing um i haven't really done a whole lot of reading because so much stuff, you know, just trying to stay afloat with stuff. So I was ready for Obi-Wan and then everything, you know, new season of Stranger Things. There's also quite a few movies that have been coming out, getting me to go to theaters pretty much once a week. So um, Doctor Strange, Downton Abbey, uh, the new Top Gun movie just came out. Um, it's just there, there, there's a lot, you know, coming out that's going to keep me very busy. So um, my readings kind of paused, which is fine. I'm going to go ahead and pause and set us up for my, just my in first impression thoughts and opinions of episodes one and two of Obi-Wan. So sit tight. I'll be right back. All right, guys. So initially... I had recorded the day they came out, my first impression thoughts on episodes one and two. Um, unfortunately, I have not had a chance to go back in and re-review with a fine-tooth comb, but I did still want to go over and discuss, dis, bleh, excuse me, discuss my thoughts and opinions of episode one and two. So hopefully by the time you start listening to this, I know you would have at least hopefully watched episodes one and two. So you are entirely safe on this. I'll try and set us up for another break when I go in to talk about episode three when I watch it tomorrow. So just know I'm going to give everybody break and everything in between so that way I, hopefully I'm not spoiling anything for anybody. So... Again, just to preface, just in case, I'm about to talk about episodes one and two of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which dropped Friday morning. And I have to say, so I've been seeing and watching, you know, just 
people are now starting to come out and talk about the first two episodes because, you know, the weekend has passed and hope, you know, just giving everybody the holiday weekend to watch everything. So I do want to preface this by saying the cinematography was phenomenal. And also I do think that the first two episodes of Obi-Wan were better than the first two episodes of Book of Boba Fett simply because Obi-Wan is not necessarily taking a back seat in his own series, at least not yet anyway. To me, he's not taking a back seat in his series like Boba Fett did in his own because Boba Fett was back and forth, too much back and forth between flashback and present, which got really annoying. And they had a nice little, you know, overview in the beginning of episode one which is really nice which touched on the prequel movies to set us up for so we knew what was going on at the beginning of obi-wan so episode one was just shy of an hour and then i believe episode two was i think around 40 minutes 35 40 minutes if i'm not mistaken so it was significantly quicker and it definitely moved faster The first episode, I I didn't really find myself having too many issues with the first episode, if I'm being honest. So you find that Obi-Wan has been kind of working in this little, I guess for the better, lack of a better way of saying it, some kind of little meat factory operation on Tatooine. And it looks like they're cutting up like pieces of either a crate dragon or something. And, you know, he's eating, just working that nine to five job, which is, is kind of interesting because, you know, you wonder, you know, is he just spending his whole time in the cave this whole time? But um, he's approached by another guy claiming to be a Jedi and, you know, Obi-Wan's, you know, you should be hiding. You shouldn't have come here. and Ultimately, he pays the price, but you have, we finally see the Inquisitors coming in to play. The Grand Inquisitor, the fifth brother, and the third sister, who we know is Reva. And I want to say that... I do not in any shape or form condone because Star Wars kind of came came down fairly hard over the weekend because apparently there are people out there who are making racist comments about her. I do not condone that in any shape or form. My, I like Reva's character and I like them giving light and, you know, creating this new character. However, the one thing, the, the thing I had an issue with, with her character was she was an extremely strong and independent character. Out of the Inquisitors that we met, she definitely came off almost in a sense as the strongest, which to, to me bothers me just a tad because the Grand Inquisitor... Is, should techni- is technically the leader of the group, right? 
there were many times on screen because Rev is kind of off doing her own thing and she's she's kind of got the you know she's got it out for Obi-Wan and um, you know, the Grand Inquisitor and the Fifth Brother, like, oh, Rev is doing this, Rev is doing that, and, you know, Grand Inquisitor's, you know, getting pissed off because, you know, she's obviously, you know, she's got her own agenda and she's not going to listen. Even when the Grand Inquisitor reminds her of her place in the, in the order, in the second episode is where I took issue with because she kills him. And he's still technically alive in Rebels, which I believe is a couple years after this. I want to say somewhere between three and four years after this series is taking place in Rebels. Because Kanan and Ezra, or Kanan kills him in Rebels, right? She, she fillets him clean slate. And... It was bothering me all day Friday, and, you know, I kind of let it go Saturday, Sunday, because there's growing sentiment that he's not really dead. Um, I pray to God that he's not dead. I really don't, because if they just retconned Rebels, I th I think it's, you know, I've, I've already talked to a couple of my other Star Wars friends, and I've heard a few opinions, you know, where they kind of took issue with that too and retconning. It's kind of, you know, it's a sensitive subject for a lot of us and how I like Reva's character. What I don't necessarily know if I fully am on board with is her character coming off stronger than the Grand Inquisitor and her just kind of taking him out like that, you know, so easily. It just to me at the time, I look at, you know, you look at the Sith and the dark side, you know, people that are in play around this time, and behind Palpatine and Darth Vader, the Inquisitor is supposed to be, I would say, argue, maybe the third strongest dark side force around this time, behind Vader and Palpatine, okay? I don't agree with them retconning it, unless it happened... You know, if, if what happened in Rebels didn't already happen, that's where I take issue with that. The other thing I take issue with is her knowing Anakin's identity as Darth Vader and knowing how to bait Obi-Wan by kidnapping Leia from Alderaan. My thing is, if she was trying to lure Obi-Wan, or if she knew about the relationship between Bail Organa and Obi-Wan, why didn't she just go after Bail and just, you know, go for that? She went for Leia, which now makes me wonder if, okay... Does she know about Luke and Leia? If she knows about Anakin and knows that he's Darth Vader, which... I don't even know how or why. I mean, I thought that was such a closely guarded secret that maybe only even Palpatine knew. I don't, I just, I really don't know if I agree with her knowing that piece of information. And so I think a lot of the criticism, or at least I'm not seeing the racist criticism. I'm The criticism that I'm seeing with Reva's character is just entirely that, taking issue with, her knowing Anakin's identity 
and just completely taking out the Grand Inquisitor like it was like it was nothing. That's where my issue is with the character. We also meet in the second episode when they arrive there on, I think it's Dairo or Daro, um, looking for Obi-Wan where he went to go um, completely lost my train of thought. Excuse me. Where he went to go rescue Leia from being kidnapped by Flea's character and his crew. The There was a new character introduced and it was the um, I think it's Kamali or, uh, uh, it's the, the Indian guy who played the fake Jedi. His character, for me anyway, I understand the need for his character. I understand, you know, he's kind of the comedic relief. I just, to me, his sense of humor, it just, it, it, it it's like, okay, I've had enough. And it just, it got to be too much too quick for me. So if anything, out of all the new characters we met, his character was kind of the one I found myself liking the least because I just, I didn't really, you know, I didn't necessarily find it funny. I didn't know necessarily about Flea cameo, cameoing in this. And Flea, um, Flea and his crew was the one that kidnapped Leia in the first place. However, they were doing it because Reva had them do that. Even when she's told to drop it for Obi-Wan, you know, she's still, you know, she's still got this ulterior motive going on with Flea's crew. I did also like, in the second episode, you see a cameo, too. I love them using Tamora Morrison, um, you know, give a, give a veteran a warm meal. Uh, and it's this really scruffy-looking, really, you know, very worn-out, old, you know, kind of beat-up. Uh, clone trooper outfit at first I thought maybe it was Rex not a hundred percent sure but I did like seeing that they gave him some shine and a cameo in it um I thought the wire work in the fight scene in episode two it could have been better but I think overall for me either a solid I'm thinking C plus to B minus because I did like it better than Book of Boba Fett. However, you know, with my issues with them possibly killing the Grand Inquisitor, of course, you know what team I root for. So my opinion shouldn't necessarily come as a big surprise. I think, you know, I, I really think, at least for me, that grade is contingent on if they're able to redeem themselves and save face in episode three, meaning how are they going to bring back or explain Reva just killing the Grand Inquisitor? That for me is what I want to know. And just exactly, you know, like I said, her knowing about Anakin being Darth Vader. Um, I did, I did like the little part that she mentioned when she was talking to him there on the rooftop, trying to get to him before she killed the Grand Inquisitor. I did like when she was on the rooftop and she could sense that he was there, her mentioning, oh, you didn't know he was alive. I did like that part, um, you know, because, you know, you can just really see the pain and the hurt in his face. And, um, 
you know, that I, that I was okay with. Overall, as a whole, I also did not mind, because the movies are kind of more so about Luke than Leia, yes, Leia plays a very strong supporting role in the movies, it's more so Luke's story in redeeming his father. I like in the sense that, and I'm curious, you know, are they going to go back and forth between Luke and Leia in the series? You kind of give Leia, you know, you kind of flush out her character a little bit. You know, what she's been up to and, you know, just how she's getting along there on Alderaan. You know, mischievous as ever. You see that little um, that little warrior spirit in her, you know, just running around playing in the woods and, you know, getting into trouble, not being where she's supposed to be. Um, and that that sassiness and that 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 feisty spirit that we know Princess Leia for, you can definitely see she had that at a young age. So that part, I honestly did not mind um, them flushing out. So for me, like I said, overall, depending on how episode three goes, I am leaning C plus to B minus. And the only, you know, like I said, because of the issues I had with it, I just don't feel like I could comfortably give it a higher rating than that. Um, the one thing I will say, of course, we got to see it in episode one, of course, on Tatooine. Um, the Uncle Owen roast that we've all known to love from the trailer that they showed, we got to see that. That was perfect because right after that conversation took place is when the Inquisitor showed up. You know, hey, if you know of any Jedi around here, you know, now's the time. And Reva goes to, you know, she's got, she's zeroed in on Uncle Owen. You know, obviously you're not a Jedi, but you've seen one. So she, you know, she's getting ready to kill this guy. And it, it just, you know, he, you know, Obi-Wan's standing not even 50 feet away watching all this go down. And it's like, oh God, is Uncle Owen going to sell him out? And, you know, that the whole, you know, I didn't do it for you type thing, you know, that, that part, like I said, I definitely liked episode one more so than two because it was longer. I thought, you know, like I said, it, the, the pace, it definitely felt like you were watching a movie than a series. So, like I said, I mean, we don't have but four more episodes left. Episode three is dropping literally less than 20, literally, actually less than 12 hours. So, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, okay, you know, we, we're not going to have a whole lot of time for this because what I did see is I thought the episodes were going to be somewhere between 40 to 45 minutes. So I also saw apparently somebody made the comment that apparently Ewan McGregor made a comment at Celebration that there were more than possibly six episodes. So we'll definitely have to wait and see what happens, like I said. Definitely better than Book of Boba Fett. And this is entirely first impression, common and viewing. Like I said, I didn't have a chance to go over and, and watch it with a fine tooth comb yet because this weekend's been, it's just so much has gone on with everything. So I wanted to at least jump on and get this locked and loaded. And then tomorrow when episode three drops, I'm going to jump on and drop my first impressions on that too. And then that way I can get this out to you and we'll be good to go with the first three episodes. So 
I hope you enjoyed episode one, two commentary. We're going to pause and set up for some episode three. So be right back. All right, guys. So before I even get started with my episode three thoughts and opinions, I did want to touch on something that I've definitely seen. Now, I want to say first and foremost that I do not condone in any shape or fashion people being judged by the color of their skin and for things that they can't control. At the end of the day, Moses Ingram was hired to do a job. And I look at things and I judge people based off of their actions. Because to me, actions speak louder than words. And even though I myself have not seen any of the inappropriate comments that apparently are have been circulating, Several people, especially on Instagram and even more so on Twitter, it's become incredibly toxic and negative. And I, that I don't agree with. When a fan takes it upon themselves to cross that line and attack the actor and make inappropriate comments, that just, there's no place for that. Star Wars is a place for a lot of us to escape real world problems in real life situations. And when people bring real life problems into a fantasy, I have a problem with it. And so I 100% agree with everything that people have said, you know, speaking out, you know, just the amount of ridiculousness that Moses has received. I just, I, I just, I can't believe what I've seen in that, you know, that it's come to this point. If I wanted to watch and listen to bullshit, I'd turn on the news, but that's just my opinion on the matter. My issues with the series have nothing to do with Reva being a black female, let alone a strong, powerful female character. That is not my issue at all. And I found myself today, when I watched episode three, feeling a little not only underwhelmed but beside myself because some people online have also taken people who may have criticism of the series as us being closet racist or having an issue with race and that I just I want to shoot that shit right out the window right now that is clearly not the issue and it couldn't be even furthermore from the issue i believe everybody is entitled to politely respectfully 
as dignified humans beings sit down and have a conversation with what you do and don't like. And just because somebody doesn't like something doesn't necessarily mean that they are a racist. So that's just, for me, that's just my opinion on it. So I didn't wake up as early today because I was already kind of not looking forward to episode three, which today's episode ran about 45 minutes, which was a little more than last week. And for me, it's not so much a pacing issue. It really isn't because episode three you've obviously, you've got Obi-Wan meditating on the supply transport that they're on. And they end up landing on a planet, Mariposa, I believe was the name of the planet. And it is a mining colony. You've got um, regiments of stormtroopers just all over the place, so they get stopped. Um, or I should say, Leia flags down a complete stranger driving a transport shuttle, and he's like, oh, we're trying to get to port. Uh, she introduced herself as Lola, and I cannot remember off the top of my head what she, I know she introduced Kenobi as her dad. And they had a little heartfelt conversation on there before they were abruptly joined by some stormtroopers. Leia could tell that Obi-Wan knew her mother. And then she kind of asked if he was her father. And... It's an interesting dynamic because you could sense in the first few episodes that Leia knew she wasn't an Organa. And to know that you're different, you know, you just, you can, you can see what shapes her character just screaming, just, it's, I I enjoy the shift of focus a little bit on Leia. I honestly, I don't mind it. And, you know, Obi-Wan, of course, you know, he's he, he, he says that he's not. And so again, when Reva gives Vader the news about the Grand Inquisitor. The thing that I take issue with a little bit is her character, which, I mean, it it does and doesn't make sense. Reva plays it off as if Obi-Wan killed the Grand Inquisitor, which obviously does nothing but make Vader even more upset and more determined to find Obi-Wan. And he kind of makes this promise to her that if she delivers and she does find him, then the position of Grand Inquisitor is hers. 
And I think the fifth brother and the fourth sister are very intimidated by this. And you just, you get this sense that the fifth brother just knows that she had something to do with it. And then the fact that she kind of went behind their backs and is playing this own cat and mouse game and contacting and talking to Vader, it's, it just, it really shows an interesting dynamic. Um, I do find it interesting that when Reva goes in to tell the fifth brother and the fourth sister that they've landed in one of the mining colonies and, you know, the fifth brother is like, you know what, you need to back off this, this is, I'm, I'm going to be the one to bring him in and you need to fall in line. I just, I just, I don't, I really think that they are definitely hinting at, and I may have said this when I recorded my first and second episode impressions. I really believe that they are hinting that Reva was one of the children that survived Order 66 that was in that opening scene or that opening recap of Episode 1. Just, it, it just, it's the only... Only thing I can try and rationalize this penchance that she has and just she she has it out for him and I I just I still don't necessarily know if I like just how intuitive and all-knowing she is about Anakin's identity as Darth Vader that that still definitely bothers me you know, and I just, hearing her tell Vader, and it's sounding like the Inquisitor is in fact dead. Oh, I, I just, I find myself being just dumbfounded and speechless because I cannot to not only retcon rebels, I just I, I I find it hard to believe that Dave Filoni would be okay with this, but considering we are halfway through Obi-Wan Kenobi and it seems like the Grand Inquisitor has been killed off, I just I have a hard time seeing and grasping just exactly how this is going to end and if it's going to end well because the further along we get and the closer we near the timeline of events in A New Hope the less wiggle room Deborah Chow has and I am all for it now. She does have, she has room 
to tell a story and bring in new characters. She also has a great period of time to talk about Vader in the early years and just what Obi-Wan was up to watching over Luke and now apparently he's completely distracted with Leia and so they end up getting into this firefight at the checkpoint right before the um right before the port and another caravan of troopers comes up and a female imperial officer ends up taking them out and come to find that the help that was promised to them when they landed was (laughs) he wasn't bullshitting which you know I just I actually enjoyed her character. Her name is T- her character's name was Tia. Uh she is very well, at least for me anyway. I know her and a lot of you know her from Game of Thrones and I I have to say most of the new characters I seriously did not mind to pull up her actual name here so I do not butcher it. Indira Varma. I just, I love her character and when they get into town, you know, obviously they've got to wait until nightfall that, you know, this place is going to be crawling, looking for them. And they go into this safe house and they meet, she's got a droid that uh, Leia speaks to and introduces Lola to him. And it, and it's, it sounded like they said LB, but um, that part was cute. He opens up a doorway into a secret hidden tunnel and come to find out that Tia has been helping and assisting um, other Jedi because she makes a comment to Obi-Wan when he sees this little hidden passage and tunnel way Uh, That you're not the first Jedi that's been through here. And you see markings on the wall. And he makes a comment about Quinlan was here. And so we kind of also now inadvertently have confirmation that Quinlan Voss also survived Order 66. And so... As they're getting ready to go down into the tunnel, Obi-Wan senses company is arriving and they all peek out the doorway and see the Inquisitors and then Vader. And Obi-Wan 
it's a similar sentiment that Luke shows in the OG trilogy when he's like, I shouldn't have come. I'm endangering the mission. His connection to Vader, that that same force bond and force connection that Obi-Wan had with Anakin, he very much senses, you know, shit. He, Vader's, Anakin's now here. I, the only thing I can do is try now to ensure that Leia gets out of here. So he has Tia take Leia down into the tunnel. Um, about three quarters of the way into the tunnel, Tia decides, you know, hey, I've got to, you know, I guess Leia's kind of like, we got to go back and help him. And she has, you know, Leia go all the way to the end of the tunnel. There's a pilot who will be waiting for you there. And she goes back to try and help Obi-Wan. Um, I just, I think it's really interesting because seeing in the sequel trilogy how much Luke detached himself from the Force after what happened with Ben, you kind of see that when Obi-Wan goes to fight Vader. It's a different, you know, he he's struggling to fend him off. I mean, for a second, I was like, does he even know how to use, remember how to use his lightsaber? But um, it just, he, he definitely, you can see the fragility and his age because even Anakin comments about it. Um, he kind of gets him into this, uh, mining area and sets the ground on fire. And for a second, you think he's going to shish kebab Obi-Wan right then and there. So as much as I, as much as I would love to see vengeance for episode three and revenge of the Sith, trust me. At the same time, you can't help but sit there and wonder, holy shit, is Vader, are they really going to also near, near kill or near <laughs> practice? I don't want to say kill because obviously he doesn't die, but I also didn't think he, they were going to kill the Grand Inquisitor either. So for a second, when Obi-Wan's kind of, you know, he's not stop dropping and rolling, he's kind of rolling around in the fire and he's yelling and screaming and Tia's watching, you know, you know, trying to figure out, you know, shit, we've got to hurry up and, and get him because he, Vader's, you know, practically burning him alive. Um, Tia ends up shooting and the fire kind of spreads out and Vader in this little group of stormtroopers that joined him kind of have to pull back a little bit because the fire spreads and Tia's droid goes and drags Obi-Wan to safety. And Tia's telling her droid, we've got to hurry up and get him to a hospital. You know, obviously... <laughs> He, he's, he's, 
He's not in as rough shape as Anakin was before he became Vader, because obviously he's, that, was, that was fucking Mustafar Lava. 100% grade A. <laughs> Terrible joke. Sorry, Anakin. Um... So you've got Obi-Wan barbecue or uh, Obi-Wan practically getting barbecued and Reva, I guess, had seen Tia's droid leaving their safe house and she goes in there, notices the hidden doorway, goes down into the tunnel area. And sees all the writings on the wall and quickly looks over at the symbol for the Jedi. And it kind of makes you wonder because when Tia is looking at this like she's been here before and like she may or may not have actually done that or etched or carved that whatever into the wall. So she goes down into the tunnel and it, the whole time while Obi-Wan was fighting Vader and then you quickly see Leia get to the end of the tunnel and the pilot laying on the floor and you hear a female voice and you're like, okay, who's she speaking to? And then they pan out and you see Reva and Reva's like, don't worry, I'll get you, you know, I'll get you to safety. Um, so, Tia, you know, it's it just, there, there's so much unfinished business and loose end. It's just, we're pretty much trying to tell, to me anyway, we had some room to embellish and create little stories but we're kind of creating this whole other new tangent of stuff going on and I just I would be lying if I was not concerned with just how everything is I still even though I have disagreements with some of the decisions that are being made I still believe that the Obi-Wan series was, or excuse me, is or had the potential to be better than Book of Boba Fett. But if we start deviating and retconning Clone Wars, prequel era, OG trilogy, Rebels. If we start retconning stuff, uh, I just, I feel like that's where at some point I feel like a lot of us, and I believe I said this in the first segment, a lot of us Obi-Wan was kind of the make or break because how Book of Boba Fett was. 
and because of the timeline you have wiggle room but you don't have as much wiggle room as you think you do so if we try to deviate too much from it i think a lot of fans that's where i feel like a majority of people who have issues with it whether or not it is the cinematography lack of action the angles it shot from i just i don't know I, I would be lying if i didn't say i was concerned i'm almost afraid to watch episode four because i'm really i just either we are gonna need more than six episodes to fix this or baby jesus papa palpatine whatever somebody take the wheel i just i really i just i don't know guys i really don't i try and trying so hard to be optimistic and i just i can't help but express my concern and like i said my thoughts and opinions have nothing to do with the color of anybody's skin, their species. I just, my, I just, oh. And then not to mention the fact, okay, like I said in the first segment, if Reva knew to use Leia as bait to get Obi-Wan, Is she going to go at some point, did anybody ever or is in the process of going after Luke or has she not figured that out? She knows about Bale and, uh, and Obi-Wan's relationship and she knows that Anakin is Darth Vader. Does she know that Anakin had two kids? Does she realize that Leia is Anakin's kid is Leia about to meet Darth Vader it just there's so much up in the air and riding on just exactly how this is going to end I'm just afraid to see them retcon so much more and so that's where I'm at with episode three I would love to hear your thoughts, opinions. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe. As always, thank you guys for tuning in every single week. I appreciate the love and support. And until next week, kids, may the force be with all of you.